Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast for the fourth week in Advent. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Over the past four weeks, we've been preparing our hearts and our minds to celebrate the birth of Christ on Christmas by focusing on different elements of the Christmas story. We started out by talking about how the prophets foretold Jesus' birth. On week two, we learned about the sacred town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born in a stable. Last week, we heard how the shepherds witnessed this holy event. And this week, we finish our Advent series with the announcement of Jesus' birth and what it means proclaimed by an angel and a host of heaven. Christmas is obviously a Christian holiday. However, as we will learn from the angel's announcement today, the love and peace that comes with Christmas is meant for all of God's people, you included, whoever and wherever you are. So sit back and listen to what the angels have to say. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Here's a little Christmas movie trivia question for you. From what Christmas movie does the line, For every bell that rings, another angel gets its wings come from? Did you get it? The movie is my Christmas favorite. It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart. In the movie, guardian angel candidate Clarence Oddbody is trying to win his wings by helping a troubled human. He evidently doesn't have a very good track record since he's been trying to get his wings for over 200 years. But he's given the assignment of helping George Bailey, a small-town banker who is considering suicide during the Christmas season, because of problems at the savings and loan where he works. In order to convince him of his worth, our would-be angel shows George what the world would be like without him. Spoiler alert, a bell rings at the end of the movie. 
Another favorite Christmas movie for both me and my family is One Magic Christmas. Well, that's essentially an updated retelling of It's a Wonderful Life. Instead of an angel in training, this film features a guitar-playing cowboy angel named Gabriel. This unconventional Abriel, uh, angel appears in a tree to a suburban housewife named Ginny Granger. Her husband has lost his job, and the family faces eviction during the holiday season. And so she's become cynical about Christmas. Just as Clarence Oddbody did for George Bailey, Gabriel gives Ginny a peek at where her cynicism about Christmas would lead. Spoiler alert number two. Chalk up another win for the angels. Angels, of course, are not only important in Christmas movies, they are central to the biblical Christmas story. The first is the angel that appears to Joseph in the Gospel of Matthew. Joseph has learned that his betrothed, Mary, is pregnant with a child that doesn't belong to him. And Joseph about to terminate their engagement when the angel appears and in an intervention worthy of It's a Wonderful Life or One Magic Christmas, the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel convinces Joseph, Joseph that the child was truly conceived by the Holy Spirit. Well, the marriage is back on. The next angel manifestation occurs when the angel Gabriel is sent to Mary. Another trivia question. How many named angels appear in the New Testament? The answer is one. Yes, Gabriel is the only named angel in the New Testament. It may surprise you to learn that there are only two named angels in the whole Bible, the other being Michael in the book of Daniel. Gabriel says to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor. Anyway, Gabriel is able to assuage Mary's fear about having a child out of wedlock by giving her a glimpse at her child's future. He would be the Messiah. Now I've taken us on a circuitous journey, but now we've arrived at Bethlehem where the shepherds are watching their flocks by night when suddenly an angel appears to them. The angel isn't named. Maybe it was Gabriel. It doesn't say. This angel, along with a host of other heavenly beings, gives shepherds a look into their future. God had sent a baby named Jesus as a Messiah and Savior. This Christmas angel is the most important because he not only speaks to the shepherds, his announcement is for all humanity and for all time. He says, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Note, this is a message of great joy for all the people. This is a universal announcement. Then a heavenly light 
show lets loose, and Gabriel says from its midst, if it is Gabriel, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. This is not a statement of favoritism. God favors all people in all times and all places. We are his people. In movies and in popular culture, we talk a lot about guardian angels. That's not the function of these biblical angels. The word angel, as it's used in the Bible, means messenger. And that's exactly the function that the angels that appeared to Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds serve. They are announcing the coming of the Messiah. The angel who appears to the shepherds further announces Jesus' purpose, to bring peace. What would the shepherds expect when they heard that Jesus had come to bring peace? We have to give a little thought to the word peace itself as it's used here. Now, this might be going a little too far down the rabbit hole, but I started wondering what language did the angels speak in to the shepherds? I would have to assume that the angels spoke in the language of the shepherds, which would have been Aramaic, the same language that Jesus spoke on a day-to-day basis, a language that is closely related to Hebrew. And the Aramaic word for peace is shlama, which is equivalent with the Hebrew word shalom, which is more familiar to us. It's also equivalent to the Arabic word salam. Shlama, shalom, salam carries a very rich meaning including completeness, balance, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, and harmony. carries a lot of meaning. Jesus has come to restore humanity to a blissfully perfect relationship with God. Jesus was set, sent to reset creation to the this-is-very-good starting point of creation. That brings us to an important question. What does this angelic announcement mean for us? What does it mean that God sends a message of peace to us through the angels? Now, on the most superficial level, we could shrug it off as a standard greeting that doesn't carry much meaning at all, like when we say good day or God bless you or have a nice day is a way of being polite, not much more. But considering what Jesus' ministry and message would turn out to be, I think we can dismiss that as unlikely. The word peace conveys something really important. Considering the turbulent state of affairs in Israel at that time and the brutality of the age, the message of peace refers to a lack of war and violent conflict. As is the case with most of the biblical message, the communal is emphasized over the individual. The Messiah was one who was going to be sent to the whole people of Israel, not just a single person or a few shepherds in a field. More so than in our day or in our culture, people understood themselves as a part of a community first. Old Testament history is the story of how God protected and guided the people of Israel 
through a multitude of disastrous events. In the New Testament, we see that guidance and protection expanded to all of humanity. Now, we're all too aware that peace in the sense of an absence of war did not end with the birth of Jesus or even with his death and resurrection. In the 2,000 years since the birth of Christ, not a single year has passed without, of death of, without the death of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people due to armed conflicts, both combatants and innocent civilians. Nowhere has the continuity of violence been more evident than in Israel, the place of Jesus' birth. Bethlehem is surrounded by a massive wall to separate Palestinians from Israelis. The Palestinians consider the Israelis illegal occupiers of their homeland. And the Israelis claim their biblical right to the land and justify the wall around Bethlehem and other parts of the West Bank as legitimate self-protective measures against terrorists. The shepherd's field where the angel appeared is an especially contentious flashpoint where illegal Israeli settlements are being constructed in Palestinian territory. No path to a permanent resolution to this conflict is apparent to this day. In the United States, our nation has survived a deadly civil war, two world wars, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, two wars in Iraq. And although we're not major players in any widespread wars today, we find ourselves endlessly involved in hot spots that jump around and flare up like forest fires around the world. No president or administration has been able to extricate our peace-loving nation from global conflict. Still, the angel's announcement of peace on earth was not a gratuitous salutation or a meaningless gesture. Instead, it's an invitation for God's people in all times and all places to join in his salvation history. It's an invitation for us to join in the establishment of the kingdom of God. Peace on earth is not just our destiny, it's our mission. To paraphrase Dr. Martin Luther King, the arc of history is long, but bends toward peace. The shepherds did not rejoice prematurely. Although they died without knowing peace in their time, they were assured that God wills us to love and peace, live in peace. The message of peace on earth can apply for us as a nation in a time of great political and societal discord. Jesus lived and taught a life of forgiveness and loving kindness. He calls us to work to heal divisions that divide us of different political ideologies. Shortly after this Christmas, we will be entering a time of political transition in America. And if we take the call to be part of God's plan to establish peace on earth, Americans of all political persuasions can seize this opportunity for healing old wounds. The same would apply to the racial divisions among us that have led to tragic deaths and violence. There can be no peace when hatred rules on the streets and in our hearts. For those who seek to ignore or gloss over the racial divide, I would refer to the prophet Jeremiah who sends a word of judgment upon those who, 
cry peace, peace, but there is no peace. The quest for racial justice and understanding is another front on the long road to the all-embracing peace of Shalom. Although I've been emphasizing the communal or societal aspects of peace, that doesn't mean that the angel's proclamation does not have an impact on us as individuals. The whole is made up of many parts. The community serves the individual at the same time the individual supports the community. The birth of Christ is also a message of peace and wholeness for each and every one of us this year. For you. The birth of the Messiah as a humble child is meant to infuse our hearts with peace, joy, and hope. This year, may this familiar Christmas carol ring in your ears. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Might I say it last. Thank you for being with me this week and through this Advent season. May God's peace dwell in you richly, and may there be peace on earth. I invite you to join me on Christmas Eve for a special Christmas podcast. Come with a candle ready to light and a song in your heart, and we'll hear this Christmas story. If you're not able to get out to your favorite place of worship this Christmas, I invite you to take a few minutes on Christmas Eve as we hear the complete story of Jesus' birth. Whatever Christmas Eve holds for you, until then, may God bless you with the promise of light that is about to come into the world. Amen. <laughs>